In this short bonus episode of our show, Scott set me the task of talking about the leadership qualities that remain constant in the face of vast and constant change. Oh, and it needs to be an actionable insight. He never goes easy on me, that man. So here's what I came to as I worked this morning. Whilst it's impossible to reduce an answer to this question down to one or two silver bullets, let me share my thoughts on what is so often missing in leadership responses, particularly in the immediate reaction to unexpected shocks. And that is the moral reasoning component of leadership. And before you assume I'm talking just about being good, which in part I am, this is about making better decisions in the face of uncertain and highly complex situations. In the wake of the 2008 global financial crisis, there was a lot of soul-searching and variable quality of leadership responses. The banks didn't want to be held accountable, and governments walked a fine line between appeasing an outraged public and the pragmatism required to maintain a system on which economies and ultimately their tax receipts are dependent on. But Mervyn King, who was governor at the Bank of England at the time, summed it up. It wasn't an intellectual failure. We had predicted it. It was a moral failure because we didn't act on what we knew. In 2002, I was struck by my own moral challenge. For the previous 15 years, I had only known success in terms of our company's growth and therefore, I guess, my and my family's personal safety. Back then, most of our clients were in high tech and one in particular dominated the world's internet. We had a stellar reputation and were the most profitable company in our niche. Our growth was only limited, it seemed, by the ability to find good people. Then it came to an abrupt and, to be honest, terrifying halt. The dot-com bubble had burst a year earlier. We seemed untouched as we had not taken on that first wave of startups that were going to change the world until they mostly imploded in debt-ridden ignominy. But nothing operates in a bubble and the wave of consequences spread and our three biggest clients ran into major difficulties and our revenues reduced by 80% in three months. And in that same week that this all started to unravel and exhausted by 18 months of sleep deprivation from my sleep-averse first child, our second daughter was born, only to be rushed back into hospital with a potentially fatal viral infection. Happily, she made a full recovery. But at the time, it was... A perfect storm. I went to see my accountants who brought in their specialist advisor, who cutting to the chase recommended that I go down the path of bankruptcy and start again, walking away from our debts. My former boss and the majority shareholder wasn't prepared to put anything into the business to keep it running, despite our previous amazing track record. Nor was the bank prepared to loan us anything. I felt profoundly alone. And given how hard it had been to find and develop good people, I was also loath to let them go, but we only had a few months left of cash. Talking to my wife, who to be frank was pretty occupied with two children under two, we weighed up the options, which all seemed bleak and risky. Then she asked me what I wanted, and most critically, what was the right thing to do. The second part of the question became the means to navigate the chaos. To me, walking away from debt and the team wasn't the right thing to do, even though every logical voice said it was. In the coming year, I put my faith in my vision for a new type of consultancy, remortgaged our house twice, and happily, within a year, 
won the business of some of the world's most successful companies, putting us on a new course. I managed to keep all of our staff for a year on the payroll, giving those who wanted to leave the optimal chance to find new roles, which they all did. The team who remained shared a determination to realise our vision and change our industry. In subsequent years, I've learned a lot about the power of this question. So, to the actionable part. Visualise you're in a management team meeting and a topic comes up that is sure to create division amongst you. Perhaps it's an emotionally charged decision to let someone go who is underperforming but well-liked. Or the politically sensitive question of shifting resources from a previously growing sector to an emerging one. Instead of laying out the facts and then going into the arguments with the potential for frustrating churn, try this instead. Ask everyone the question, what's the right thing to do? And get them to write down their answer before any conversation. Then ask everyone to take it in turns to read out their answer. My experience of doing this with numerous leadership teams is that it can cut through the self-justifying logic to avoid doing the right thing. It can harness our emotional responses to get through the pros and cons to the moral balancing point that feels right. Most importantly, it makes us feel human when making decisions that impact the lives of our people and customers. In hindsight, our leadership is the sum of the problems we see and solve, the decisions we make and the relationships we succeed in. In the final reckoning, the question, what's the right thing to do, is ultimately how we judge ourselves on our life's work.